There's got to be a point in all of our lives when something happens and we become a seeker. Welcome to Seekers of the Eternal podcast. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really great. It's good to be back. I've got so many different things that I've been thinking about. It's such a very energetic time. Looking forward to sharing. And as always, let's just relax and release some of the tension in the body before we begin and ask to be channels here. So let's begin just by sitting up in a straight line. If you can, join us. And take in a short and long double inhalation, and then we'll tense all the muscles in the body three times here. So let's inhale normally. And all the way out. So double inhale and tense. Low, medium, high tension in all of the muscles in the body. And exhale. Relax and feel. Release the tension. Again, inhale and tense. Low, medium, high, vibrate with willpower, exhale, relax, release and feel. Last round, inhale intense. Low, medium, high, tension in the body, exhale, relax, release and feel. Divine Mother, great inner gurus that are guiding us. Please bless this time. Help us to be channels for truth and for love and for joy. And may our words be beneficial to all of those who hear them to connect more deeper with who they truly are. Om. Peace. Amen. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this week, I know Jay's been struggling with, uh, he's got a bout of COVID as, uh, yes. as everybody knows how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's hit me pretty hard. I feel like the, the fevers and the chills, I'm just past that stage. Now I'm on the, the sore throat and the um, congestion. But this is, this is actually, you know, brings me light. It gives me a chance to remind myself that there's more to life than just wallowing in your suffering. And there's opportunities for light if you seek it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we get those uh, that health taken away, and then we uh, realize what we had before. And so, yep, you'll be back in action soon. And we've been sending sending you light, so you make a quick recovery here. But I'm happy that you're able to get on here and chat. So uh, we've got lots of cool stuff to share. Uh, some of the things that I so I want to continue this episode uh, talking about Hanuman, talking about I want to focus on one of Hanuman's specific powers. And I want to really, I, th- I thought I would open up with, I, I love, there's a, there's a, a, there's an astrologer that I really like tuning into named Julianne McCarthy. And she uh, does these podcasts on Patreon. I would highly recommend joining her Patreon. It's, I always really look forward to getting these podcasts because they break down your individual chart and how to use the current energy of the planets that we're facing right now. And it's really fascinating time here as we move into this new year and into March. And this is a, and I don't, I just only dabble in astrology. I, I'm 
I love listening to others talk about it. I'm I'm very green in it, but I get a lot out of it and I use it a lot in ways to focus my energy and to feel comforted and motivated in what I already kind of know is true. So I thought I would just read some of what I took away from this this recent podcast from then I'll, and we'll post some links that you can that you can go and check out this work. So it's um, Juliana McCarthy and the, her partner um, Torrance on the podcast. This is this is just directly quoted from them. And I, I just listen to this and see if it resonates with what you're feeling for the current energy of the planet. So this is the Saturn and Pluto ingress for March. This is what's coming. So they say, this is a massive shift. We're getting the first taste of what it means to leave Pluto and Capricorn. It's going to be a big change for all of us. We're getting a new sense of what humankind is, what society is. It's going to be really exciting to see the fruits of our spiritual and activist labor. And that's what Pluto and Aquarius is going to bring instead of fighting the tides. We've been fighting gravity and now gravity is working with us. There's going to be this gorgeous expansion, a rapid gorgeous expansion of the fruits of our activists and spiritual laborers and all of the ancestral work that we've been doing, all of the collective work that we've been doing, all of the work that we've been doing to open spiritual portals and to transmute society from the inside out and to heal the collective traumas that we've endured through the acts of oppression that have ruled our society for thousands of years. It's going to be so exciting and a lot more peaceful this year. It's going to be so peaceful by comparison to what we've been through. Institutional changes are happening without beating our heads against the wall, and we're going to see more and more of that as Pluto enters into Aquarius. Um, I love hearing that as, as a motivation, you know, and remembering that all that we've been through in these last couple of years, few years, thousands of years. <laughs> it's like the we've been dismantling the old ways we've seen we're seeing the old ways the old patriarchy crumbling and now we're moving into this new space this new energy this um, more balance of feminine energy coming in us more stepping into our real true powers of intuition and of recognizing that we're made of energy and recognizing that we have this ability to co-create the world and the universe that we live in we're not just victims of of what's happening and i wanted to relate that also to one of hanuman's powers we've been kind of going through some of the superpowers of hanuman hanuman in the story of the ramayana hanuman is the muse for our nft collection that we're working on the community that we're building and we're launching that nft collection that we've been working on here for the whole last year of building this community, creating the artwork, and we're really excited to be launching this here in March. We're going to be setting a date for that collection here in March, and so and also that that's a way that um, we'll be able to help support this podcast, help support the community, and um, be a part of this club that we're building, where you don't pay mem you don't pay monthly membership fees or anything like that. The 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 NFT is your ticket 
to all the things that we're doing. So um, it can be a little confusing at first to to jump into this world, but just like when it's it's confusing to try to fix your sync, what do you do? You watch a YouTube video, how to do it. How do you set up a digital wallet? You watch a YouTube video, there you go. You can figure it out. It's not really all that hard. And don't be afraid of the the technology. I mean, it's more about getting interested in what communities are building. And Jay and I have been meeting so many interesting people who are building things in the NFT space and the cryptocurrency space. There's such great things coming and there's such powerful people building beautiful things right now that have had transformative experiences through psychedelics, through learning to meditate, through starting to practice yoga. It's amazing. I mean, it's like we're talking to billionaires that are talking about having these transformative experiences and leaving behind the old ways of just chasing after things for ambition or, you know, maybe even growing up poor and then maybe having an immigrant mentality of just always needing to work hard and to struggle and forgetting to really take care of yourself and forgetting what's really important. People are coming more and now into their own power and realizing that, okay, now that I have made this life for myself, I've worked really hard and I've achieved the things that I always thought that I wanted to achieve. And you're still left with this hole even you know if you've accomplished so much and you've you've amassed some you know money in your bank account it still leaves you with a lot of <laughs> void there so we're we're hearing about so many people that are now you know also this pandemic having this time during the lockdown what a gift that really is i mean not to make light of all of all of the the suffering and the people that are no longer with us but for those who are still here we've gone through that period of time during the pandemic where we got a huge shift we had a huge change in our pattern and that's what we get so caught up in as a pattern a habitual pattern we get up not consciously doing the same because it, it is good to have a routine. You know, it is good to have a conscious routine where you're doing things on purpose to move towards your goals. But having a habitual pattern, habitual ways of thinking, we can just go through lifetimes of just sleepwalking. And this period, I feel like it's helped wake a lot of people up. Because you had to sit with yourself with not a lot of entertainment and figure out what am I doing? What am I meant to be doing? And that was a tough period, I'm sure, for everyone. But we've come through the fire. And now there's so many people that have been motivated by that who are um, looking to overcome their traumas. I mean, just think about how often people talk about, you know, facing traumas and overcoming traumas. That wasn't even a word people said <laughs> I don't remember people talking about this in my, you know, normal conversations, people like wanting to do shadow work, wanting to um, face a lot of the things that are holding them back. A lot of these things that this is a new energy that we're all like uh, this new form of shamanism that's that's here in the West now. Uh, psychedelics are becoming more and more legal in a lot of different uh, therapeutic settings. People are. I go to conferences for with psychedelics and hear people talking about all of the things that are happening there. 
this is a really fascinating, powerful time to be alive. And so everybody that's made it through the, the lockdowns and we're here, we're still breathing. This is a time to really like, all right, let's get our shit together and, and really make some things happen and imagine the future we want to see. What you said was, you know, so well put. And I think that, you know, bringing Hanuman to the blockchain and to the masses in the Web3 space, um, but also in the Web2 space, you know, we, 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 we would want you not to be intimidated by the technology, but we also want to meet people way that, where they are. And the technology actually affords us to have on-ramps and off-ramps that you're used to. And so if you didn't know what a digital wallet was or what Ethereum was or MetaMask, you can, you know, go to a website that you're used to going to and you can use uh, your credit card as a normal payment system as you would to order something off of eBay. So it's not that, you know, it, people should be able to do what they feel most comfortable with and, you know, continuously, the goal obviously is to increase the size of your comfort zone, but we realize, we recognize that a lot of people, this technology is so new. So we are also do our best to meet people where they are and then take, take them by the hand. And, and if they, if they want to come along on the journey, we can, we can guide them and, and be there to support them. Uh, so I just wanted to put that out there. And then the other point mm -hmm. is for Hanuman, Chris, like I keep thinking about the incredible, you know, virtues of Hanuman and the lessons, these deep, deep, rich lessons that are perfect for this time that we're about to get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's so fun about it. It's like you can, you know, you have this story that's written thousands of years ago, first time, and then before that, 10,000 years ago or longer that it's been in existence and, and passed down from masters to disciples in an oral tradition. This is just something that everybody, it was, it was also, it's, it's a story about a higher age. So going back thousands of years, imagining a higher age, we all know at this point, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, have heard about and, and are fascinated with the fact that the lower you dig, the older the structures are that they find in these archaeological sites, that the technology is of, of a higher caliber. And so this book was this this story and this the 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 that you know some of the parts of it you know probably are come come from true events and things like that too that happened in a higher age and so it's so fascinating to now know too that we have come out of the material age the iron age the kali yuga we're now in this age of energy where we've got computers in our pockets. I can talk to you across the, uh, across, you know, it's like we're in different countries. We can, um, AI is becoming such a huge part of our everyday lives. I, I, if, if anybody remembers, we were talking about some of the astrological events just previously in another podcast where I was talking about and, and quoting um, Juliana and saying that this is an, a period where massive technological technological advances will come you know the previous time the planets were in this alignment it was the first url the next time it was iphones and androids and that how much that changed our lives now what was it going to be oh ai it's like now everything it's hard to even pinpoint like this one and just say but ai is just changing everything right now so this is the the age of energy we're 300 it, it, 
um, in the lineage of gurus that I follow, our path of Kriya Yoga, my path of Kriya Yoga is uh, Sri Yukteswar. He says that we're 300 now, 323 years into the age of energy that began in 1700. And it's, we've gone out of even though it was like a transitory, really like um, shake up phase where the old old ways are hanging on so hard. So when you do look around and you see negativity in the world and you see all of this like, you know, grossness hanging on or you see these um, political measures that are trying to like tighten the crank on the old ways, they're just it's like the death throes of that old thing that that needs to die but is hanging on just for its life and so we're it's so great now we're moving into this place and the stories of Hanuman can can very much be a a wonderful guide for us to step into our power to recognize our power to remember that we are just like that monkey that's forgotten our superpowers during the way that it works in the cycles of time, it's also connected to the planetary alignment and how our solar system is orbiting around its dual. And the closer it gets to the dual, the more on a, on a massive level, humanity awakens, becomes more. You see that now. You, it, how many, how many um, people do you know that are doing yoga now how do you how many people do, how many podcasts and shows and networks and all of the stuff that's out there that's talking about higher consciousness that just wasn't around uh so we're waking up we're re-remembering so as a as a as a collective uh consciousness we're all remembering our superpowers that we'd forgotten during the dark kali age where it was you know, it was sex and it was money and it was power and it was just material things. And you just lived for material things. So imagine that it's like that that scenario. We go back in time and think about like people thought that dominating others, having the most wealth, having the most land, having the most power, that was the goal. They couldn't see anything past that. There couldn't be like, it feels good for me when I have something to give it to you. How how great it feels to give. It's like, no, it's like, this is mine. And what, what, what higher truth is there to amass more, more. And we're coming out of an age like that. So don't be surprised when you see people that are still like living like that, hanging on to that old way, fighting to keep it that way. But now, like this uh, younger generation and all of us that are um, are feeling this call and to to really go inward and to uplift ourselves and realize that true happiness is the goal, not to die with billions of dollars in your bank account. Like fuck that. Like why why does that how that's not how you win. That's not how you win the game. Uh, and so there's the, the way that business is changing here too, with, with all of this is like, we're now starting a business where it's part of our uh, things that we're developing and designing is so that we can give money away. <laughs> like we want to be able to give things away to other people who are supporting and, and it just feels good to do that. And, um, so with this story of Hanuman, I think one of one of the powers that I want to talk about again here is that um, Hanuman, when he is awakened to his, his powers, he realizes that he has the ability to dream and to realize his dreams 
and the ability to visualize what he wants and he works to make those dreams come true. He can create whatever he needs, whatever he wants in his mind. And then he watches the miracle unfold before him. And what we can do, you can take from that story of Hanuman, this power of Hanuman. It's so important that we spend time in our minds, seeing, imagining, feeling good things in the future, feeling good things about what's happening, feeling good things, focusing on the good. All along, he's chanting Rama, 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 Rama. And that is a way that he keeps his mind on the good things. You can look around at the news, you can go look for you can go look for villains, you can go look for the terrible things that are happening. And I'm not saying to turn a blind eye to them, obviously. That's not what we're saying. But if you if you go look for the darkness, you'll find the darkness. And you gotta be careful when you're looking for darkness because then you're gonna have that as your vision of the future. And then so let's let's say let's say that. Let's say, okay. You do the opposite. You're not spending time seeing a bright future. You're not putting yourself around motivational people who are unafraid of death, unafraid of sickness, unafraid of the future, unafraid of technology advance, advancements. But if, but if you're putting yourself around negative people, you're tuning into the darkness. You're always a dark rain cloud talking about how this planet is doomed and everybody sucks and you know everybody is is you know just all of that kind of talk can really make that your reality make that your future and you you'll you'll it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you go around saying everybody sucks everybody sucks actually you suck <laughs> and and what's going to happen is you're going to make enemies when wherever you go you're going to find people that are going to give you trouble and problems so so imagine that so so okay you have the you do have the ability to dream and to realize those dreams and to visualize what you know visualize things in your mind and to create things in your mind and to watch that develop in your life. So imagine you're doing it on the negative end. You're paying attention to all the darkness. You're walking around with, with an angry attitude. You're you're seeing all the things that you hate. You're you're, you know, and then that's what you get. That's what you see. That's the future you move into while say Jay and I here are doing the opposite. And the, we're experiencing a completely different reality. We're having different relationships. You could, I found this in my life. I've, I've always made it a point to try to make friends and, and not enemies and to not take somebody's mm, opinion about a person before I actually have an interaction with them. Like somebody says like a rumor about somebody and then you just have the, okay, I, I don't like this person. So you go in with, I don't like this person. And now they're going to give that back to you. And now you just confirm that they're terrible. There's so many people that have such bad raps that people like, you know, and I know they've done, you know, terrible things. But if I go into that fresh going, I'm, I'm going to uh, uplift myself. And then I'm going to have just a, an interaction with the person Oftentimes people give you their best. Yeah. To do that. 
they are their best versions of themselves. They end up mirroring your own. And I end up having this lovely conversations with villains. No, it's, it's a thing that you can do. Um, so in relation to, to that, I thought there's something that had been coming really strongly to me and almost all of my psychedelic experiences. Well, you know, uh, a few of them recently in relation to this idea of a good, kind-hearted person living in the company of villains, we'll say, and how there's such an opportunity for one to make a difference in that situation, but how often we never say anything, never stick up for somebody who's, you know, like, I'm sure we've seen these police videos, I don't want to bring it down to this, but these police videos where you're just like, nobody stepped in and said, like, this isn't right, this, we shouldn't be doing this, nobody, and you just get caught up in this, like, mob mentality. So the company that you keep is so important, because you can find yourself committing the terrible atrocities if you don't keep good company. Um, but there's a story in the Ramayana that uh, comes to me very powerfully, and I think it's a good example. And so it's this story about Vabishana. Vabishana is Ravana, the ten-headed, most evil demon of all time, the one who stole Sita. He's got Sita, the goddess, the feminine energy, He's got the feminine energy trapped in his, you know, his kingdom. She can't escape. And he's just so caught up with having her whole, you know, keeping her. She's not, she's not having anything to do with him. You know, she, he thinks that if he, she, she just sticks around for long enough, she'll get addicted to like all of the pleasures. Like he's putting her in a beautiful garden, giving her all this food, you know, you know, just saying like, you could have it like Rama. He's, he's just a ascetic living in the forest. Like, why do you want him? He can't even understand why she doesn't appreciate what she has now being in his kingdom. Right. And so he's just got her locked up and she he's just, yeah. So, and he's just like, okay, I'm going to give you one more month to, to submit to me, you know, cause uh, the, also the thing with Ravana, you have to remember is that early on, he was just, he was just going around and doing whatever he wanted. He was, um, he, he was, you know, with, with women, he was just having his way with them and he was cursed over and over by different sages. So he was cursed that if he ever touched another woman without her consent, that he would be destroyed. There was like, I forget what the actual curse is, but he can't actually do that. And he's afraid of that curse. So that's why he's like, okay, I'm going to give you one more month. And thinking that she's going to cave in and but in one more month, I'll just have my demons eat you, you know, that's, that's the idea. And so there's Hanuman, as he like we talked about in the last conversation we had about Hanuman, remember, he flew across the ocean. He's now landed at Lanka. He has faced the trials to get there. And he is looking around for Sita to try to find her here in Lanka. And he comes across this demon who is in a meditation 
posture and he hears the demon chanting Rama, 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 Rama. And he's just so intrigued, like, what is this? And so he, after, you know, he waits for his, his meditation to be over and then he approaches this demon, Vabishana. He, find out, he finds out that this is Ravana's brother. Vabishana, they, so not all of the asuras, the demons are, are evil, are, you know, are bad. They just are like us. We can get it, find ourselves hanging around in the company of villains sometimes. Doesn't mean that we're we are uh, like them totally. And so Vabishana, he has he he has good intentions. He is he is looking for uh, to be a um, he is looking for enlightenment and connection with Rama. And Hanuman is so confused because he's like Vabishana. If you're a servant of Ram, like why are you not doing anything? Your brother has the goddess of the universe locked up here. Like why aren't you rescuing her and 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 doing something about it? And he recognized in that moment that he was yeah he was like neglecting his duty to Ram, and that it was now time for him to stand up and say something to do something about it. And. I wanted to read, this is this is some words from Paramahansa Yogananda that I read last night to um, our meditation group. And this is this is um, this is from a great book called How to Love and to Be Loved. And this is a collection of works from uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, collection of words. And he says, practice loving those who do not love you. Feel for those who do not feel for you. Be generous to those who are only generous to themselves. If you heap hatred on your enemy, neither he nor you will be able to perceive the inherent beauty of your soul. You need not fawn over your enemy. So this is, this is an important part of it too. You need not fawn over your enemy. Silently love him. Silently be of service to him whenever he is in need. For love is real only when it is useful and it expresses itself through action. Thus, you will rend the veils of hate and narrow-mindedness that, that hide God from your sight. And now he says, if humility and apologies on your part bring out your enemy's good qualities, then by all means apologize. A person who can do this will have attained a definite spiritual development, for it takes character to be able to apologize graciously and sincerely. It is the consciousness of his own inferiority that makes a man hide behind a display of pride. But, listen to this, do not, however, encourage a wrongdoer by being inappropriately humble or apologetic. Take his actual take his actual realities into account and be practical in your idealism. Mm. So I was thinking about this in relation to Vibhishana and what he now needs to do to confront his brother Ravana. And I wanted to read from the Ramayana here, this version of the Ramayana. And I can post a, a a link to this as well. This is this is a when 
Ravana is got his back against the wall. The the army, the monkey army, and and Ram as is on his territory, on his soil, and just demolishing every demon that he throws at them, every weapon that he throws at them, and and um, Ravana is asking his counsel, like, what should I do? And they're you know they're all telling him how great he is saying how powerful he is how no one no one should be you know stepping up to you you're this great master and you have the power to destroy anybody you know they're just building up his ego it's so easy to do that nobody is stepping up and say like fuck dude like give sita back like you're you're destroying the whole uh, like everything that we built here like women and children their houses and the gardens are being destroyed and you're just out of your own selfish greed you're holding on to this woman who wants nothing to do with you you have a whole you have a whole harem of women that are like you have all of these wives like you have all of this money you don't need this like so like somebody should be stepping up and saying that but nobody is saying that and so Vibhishana, after talking to Hanuman, he, step, he steps in and he enters. So this is after, you know, like, say, like one of the one of the, the council just gave that speech about how great Ravana is. And he doesn't need to do shit. He doesn't need to give back <laughs> Sita. He's, he's powerful and they'll be victorious no matter what. So Vibhishana steps in and he answers gently. Boy, you lack experience. That is why you talk thus. You are the king's son, and you should be his best friend. But I am afraid you are proving yourself his worst enemy. And you, ministers, who ought to give good advice, are leading the king to ruin. My lord of Lanka, do not reject what I say. Return Sita honorably to Rama and seek his forgiveness. This is the only way. There is no other Failing to pursue the only available course, we shall all perish. And now with this, obviously, it's so much easier to just praise Ravana. And, uh, you know, he probably gave those ministers gold and jewelry and uh, and raised their ranks and all of this kind of stuff. But so now that Vibhishana is doing the hard thing and the honest thing and the real thing, Ravana's rage now is uncontrollable. I put up with your talk thus far, he shouted in anger, because you are my brother. Else, by now, you would be dead. Oh, brother, I see. Uh, I, uh, oh, he says, a brother I see is one's worst enemy. All the world knows that the envy of brothers brings dishonor and discomfiture to the brave. They hide their real desire and wait for their time. And when it comes, they do not hesitate to practice their treachery. How true is the complaint of the wild elephants in the story? Why are not afraid of the burning fire? We do not mind the hunters and their long spears. The nooses, ropes, and chains can do little harm to us. But the elephants which join the hunters and give us trouble, these brothers and cousins who turn against us, they are our terror. Yes, so long as one is safe and prosperous, the brother smiles and talks pleasantly. But when danger comes, he is ready to leave. The bee does not stay with the flower after the honey has been sucked. It goes in search of another flower. Brothers and cousins are no better than these bees. 
One cannot trust them in adversity. If anyone else should have spoken as you have done, Vibhishana, I would have slain him here and now. Base fellow, you are a disgrace to our race. <laughs> so this is what he gets. Um, this is what he gets in return for, for, for doing the right thing. And it makes me think about, you know, all of those years where he was you know, maybe he, he was keeping, and, and Vibhishana was a good, he was a good advisor. He was giving um, Ravana good advice. He was always planting good seeds and he was trying to do, but during this really difficult time, he was keeping silent until now. It is this time where he does step up and says this thing and, and Ravana is just so angry at him. It's like, you, he thinks that he just is jealous of him and that's why he's saying these things. So, and then, so this is what. I just mm -hmm. wanted to say in the, in, you know, in, um, in my experience, I've met, I've met people like that, where they rule by fear. The respect that they have is more fear-based. They don't treat people well. They take advantage of their time and their efforts. Um, and, and they're punitive, you know, they're not there to uplift. And then what ends up happening is, and then they, they become like this, the inability to become self-reflective or introspective, um, they start to surround themselves with people who only tell them what they want to hear. And as soon as you have someone that says, mm, you know, there's another perspective here, or there's something else uh, that you maybe you need to, you need to embrace or something else you need to um, understand or consider, they now become the object of my affection and the, and the, and the enemy in my eye, even if it's a brother, even if it's someone that you usually admire. And so um, I just have seen that in my own in my own life experience, and um, it's why self reflection is so important. It's why a a good friend tells you what you want to hear, uh, but a great friend, a real friend, tells you what you need to hear. And it sounds like he didn't have any anybody there uh, around him, except maybe his brother who came to a realization that he had no choice but to say this. But it was too late. It was too late. He had already surrounded himself with the people that you know just told him what he wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. He's so set in thinking that he's right, because all along, everybody's telling me I'm right. It's only you, you treacherous brother that's yes. telling me this because you're jealous of what I have done. Yes. <laughs> and so he's he's met like, so oftentimes when we do the right thing, it's not like a, a choir of angels starts singing and we just are in a beautiful uh, situation. Sometimes right. doing the right hard thing gets us into a deeper uh, scenario that we have to work out. Yeah. So I wanted to read, this is, this is Vibhishana's response. And we can think about it in this way of, you know, he's not, He's not arguing and 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 now um, trying to get back at Ravana for what he said. He's not trying to, uh, you know, heap hatred on him like like Yogananda was saying. He's not doing this out of spite and trying to get back at him. He he really just wants him to do the right thing, but he's not going to stand for it anymore. So he says, unable to bear the insult, Vibhishana rose and said. My brother, you may speak as you please. Though you have wandered from the way of Dharma, you are still my brother. And I warn you that drawn by the noose of Yama, which is the god of death, you say your death is near. You are going along the path of destruction. My advice, salutary, <laughs> salutary but unpleasant. 
you reject. It is easy to speak sweet words. Your ministers are doing it. I spoke for your good, but truth is bitter and you hate it. The terrible vision of Rama's darts destroying you is before my mind's eye and makes me speak as I do. You call me your enemy. Defend your city and your life as well as you can. God bless you. I am going. May you be happy. I thought I could serve you in your need, but you will not let me. You imagine that I envy you and your possessions. Good counsel is rejected by one of those who is near. Having spoke thus and realizing that there was no place for him in Lanka, thereafter, Vibhishana renounced all of his possessions and, rising into the sky, proceeded straight to the spot where Rama and Lakshmana were encamped. For good Rakshasha friends, oh, four good Rakshasha friends also went along with him. So there were there were four others that um, saw that this was wise counsel and that also left with him. And they joined the side of, of um, Rama and Hanuman and the monkey army. And in the, in the end of the story, actually, um, Vabishana becomes uh, Rama after, you know, Rama, when they, when they came here, they, it's also shown that Rama never meant to come and overthrow Lanka and to take it for himself and to rule Lanka. So what he did is uh, Vibhishana, he actually, after after they win the, the battle, he he crowns Vibhishana the new king of Lanka. And then he now it rules over this beautiful, beautiful place of Lanka. And, and they, they see a lot of um, good things from that. So in the end, it's like a long, in the, in the long run, that the hard thing that you did will lead to goodness. The easy thing in the beginning leads to your own death and your own, um, you know, tr trials and, and downfall. Yeah. So I just thought that was a cool practical way. This is, this is how you can read this story and use it. You can see it so easily how it can line up to so many situations in our life. Yeah. There's this, um, it, it, you know, there are there are true risks when you go out there. There are people who have nefarious intentions. It is difficult to to trust you know that inner gut and get out there and um, chase your dreams and go after it. And there's this lure, and it's usually from the people that love you the most. They say, "Well, just you know, don't don't go do that. It's dangerous out there. There's terrible people um, here. Stay home. There's food. You know, there's a there's a salary. There's a you know, people that you know, you're familiar, you're comfortable. Just take your shoes off and rest. And um, it's a really dangerous, debilitating situation. And it, it, it brings all of us in that comfort. And um, I, it, it's like uh, it's like that story of Hansel and Gretel, you know, like the, the it's an incredible house and they can eat as much candy as they want. But the witch is just fattening them up so he, she can eat them, you know, and and sometimes you have to just be aware of that. Like you, you, it, the, the, the dangers of comfort, you know, um, it, it, it could, it could catch you and you could become somebody that you're not proud of and you can do things with your life, um, that seem busy and seem productive and seem meaningful, but then you get so far down the road and you say, what if, what if I just had the courage to carve a new path? or to just spread my wings and try to fly or, you, you know, I think that, um, that I'm really glad that you share this story uh, because I think, um, you know, the, the, the is it, it's Ravana, the mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Ravana is the, the, the demon king and Vibhishana is his brother. So Ravana, like you could tell, like he's made a kingdom of comfort. Everyone does what he says and he has all the luxuries. And he, in that space, is not able to see the difference between right and wrong. And, you know, that's, that's maybe a, good, a great lesson for all of us as we continue to move forward into 2023 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's completely lost sight of the, the right thing to do. And a cool point of that, too, is that Hanuman, he could, he could have been a huge asset to Ravana if he wanted to. He's a monkey. He's, you know, like he's got, he's got desires. He's, you know, he's, it's not like it, these, he, but he's trained himself. He's trained, he's trained his senses. He's become a master of his senses, a master of his mind, a master of his desires. Hanuman could have went to uh, Ravana and said, I can be your ally. And I, I, he could become just like his right-hand man. He could have had everything. Just think, I mean, Ravana, he's like, the, he's, he's defeated all of the gods. Like he, even, you know, Indra fears him. He, he, even Indra was, was the, the god of wealth was defeated by him. He has everything. He stole, he stole the gods flying spaceships that are just, you know, you can think of a, like a whole city that just hovers and, and he can move it with his mind. He's like flies on this flying city with all of this luxury that he moves around. He has everything, anything that you could dream of, you can have. But Hanuman is not tempted by any of this. No, he, you can't tempt Hanuman with, with wealth and, um, and you can't, you can't also, you can't tempt Sita in the same way. He kept saying, you could have all of this, just, just, just be my wife and all of this ends and you can just enjoy this. So oftentimes we're faced with that, you know, like, Hey, you know, I know that you're, I know that you're a good person and you don't cut corners and you, and you don't, and you know you don't <laughs> you like to be a good person and you know wealth isn't uh, your motivation but like look what we could do if we just did this little thing maybe nobody would know about it we'll keep it a secret it'll be our little secret um you know those little things could come in and it's like i could offer you all of this wealth if you just go against your ethos and your morals and you could be a so that i think that traps people so often and that old you know, those old Kali Yuga, those old uh, Iron Age mentality, those grooves are maybe still in the brain somewhere. If we're not careful, we could fall into that trap and thinking like, you know, you could say like, you know, say, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not driven by money. Maybe you've never been offered, you know, $2 million or right. whatever. <laughs> yes. What would you do? Um, so Hanuman, I think it's a great point with him. You can just always see by his character that's never going to work. That's never going to work on him. It's never going to work on Rama, his brothers, or any anything like that. So it's, uh, I think, a good example. Mm-hmm. And so I also wanted to share. Uh, let's see. In so in our in in our Discord. We have these great challenges every month, and I know you dropped one in there that I think is a great one for this month, is to have gratitude and to keep a journal and write down things that you're grateful for. I think that will help us to look for good things. So every day, have a reason to look for something good in the world that you're thankful for. 
No, obviously you go through all the all the good that makes you appreciate your family more, makes you appreciate that you've got a roof over your head and food to eat where others don't and all of those kind of things. But then also you can go around and look for things that you're like legitimately grateful for in the world. Like um, there's so many things that you can find if you start to look. So if every day you have to write down a few of those, you're going to start digging deeper and finding more and more things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. So I would, yeah, recommend people to, to do take up that challenge. So I, I've, I've been practicing, you know, I, I write I have chicken scratches on here, but uh, I've been practicing writing the things that I'm grateful for. And sometimes, you know, when we write things that we're grateful for, we focus on the things that bring us comfort and bring us happiness. So I'm grateful, profoundly grateful for my children and my wife. I am profoundly grateful to have food in my fridge and a roof over my head and um, some some form of security and safety. Um, but I think while you're while you're you're practicing gratitude for all the things that make you you know happy, I think to dig deep with gratitude, it's think about the kind of experiences that were challenging, that challenged you to be. A, the, a better person or a bigger person and and trying to be grateful for those experiences you know whether it was somebody that called you out on being on making a wrong decision or being you know being you know uh disrespectful or not very understanding or not very considerate it's hard to hear that from time to time but if someone gives you that gift to say to you you know i know you maybe didn't intend this but i felt what you did was not very thoughtful or not very considerate or not very kind. It gives you a chance to be a better version of yourself. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a huge, in that moment when somebody's doing that, everything in your body is going to want to like say, or make an excuse or to like lash out at them or think of something that they did that, that, you know, you, but man, that's such a powerful thing. If you can sit in that, and hear somebody say something to you and and that's what meditation can help too it can help you pause take a take a breath listen remember this is what i need to hear i'm you know maybe they're wrong you know maybe they're not they're not right but if you if that if you're interested if you're someone who's interested in dissolving your ego and aligning yourself with what you really are, which is ever existing, ever conscious, ever new bliss. If you want that, as opposed to being a, a egoic demon, <laughs> then that is actually one of the greatest things that can happen is somebody, you know, just honestly telling you something that you you're fucking up on. And if you listen to that and you go, you're right. You know, like they're punching your ego in the face and you're like, that's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm aiming at. That's what I'm trying to do in my meditation. That's probably like 10 meditations or one sit there and let somebody tell you yes. the, all the things that are, are wrong about how you're behaving or something like that. Powerful. Yeah. And to have gratitude for that, you know, to write that in your, how powerful of a journal is that? I have gratitude for that person who, who came and told me the truth when yes. nobody else would. Yeah. I think we sometimes forget um, when we see something on TV or on a, on a TikTok or an Instagram or a Facebook, where it's this person, a human being that does something that is violent or painful or 
um, hurtful to another human being, sometimes we convince ourselves that we're not capable of that. Oh, I, I could never do that. And you separate yourself from another human being. And there's a great quote. Uh, Maya Angelou said it of someone else uh, who had said it first, but she says, I am human. Therefore, nothing human can be alien to me. So it's important for you to say, I have, I have the capability within me to do the worst and the best. I choose, I try, I try to do the best. I am capable of the worst. That and, and I could succumb at any given time, like you said, Chris. Maybe that opportunity hasn't that two million dollar opportunity hasn't presented itself to you as yet. But you don't know. And so it's important to, to make sure that you see yourself even in the in the in the batterer or the abuser, so that you you everyone, every person, every human being, including yourself, has hope. There's a chance that this person can change, that the person itself isn't the choice. And I try my, I, you know, I would think of my kids. I always say to my kids, like, to come home and be like, that, that's a bad boy or a bad girl. Sometimes I hear what they, the kid, the other kids did. I'd be like, oh, I would love to be like, yeah, that is a bad boy. But I always, <laughs> I always say, you know, it's, there's no such thing. I think it's a bad choice, you know, and hopefully now that he or she knows better, they can do better. Um, but to see, to see the human in all things, I think is, is, is also very important. And the reason it is, is it allows you to put your own guards down. You can take criticism from other people. You can get feedback. You can say to yourself, I'm not perfect. I'm flawed. And when you give me this feedback, it is a chance for me, like I said, to be a better version of myself. Right. Yeah, well said. That is so easy to look at something somebody else did and to cast judgment on it and say, I would never do something like that. But it's we if we go through our lives uh, unconsciously we get stuck in habitual patterns it can be i was thinking about my wife and i were talking the other day about there was somebody around here that um somebody hit somebody on a, in a on a bike you know like in their car near a neighborhood here and i was just thinking how awful that would be for me if like I was just on my phone or I was doing something and I wasn't paying attention and I just drove and I ran somebody over on their bike. Like, oh, how terrible that would be. But how, it made me think about how easy I could do that. Yeah. How oftentimes am I like lost in my thoughts and I'm driving a car that I could run somebody over and how that would change my life and how hard that would be to to deal with myself after doing something like that. So it it kind of woke me up a little bit and thinking about like I need to pay attention as much and as often as possible. And Yogananda says like the biggest things these little it's it's these um absent mindedness is a huge issue for realizing the self. And we fill our time with just scrolling or clicking or trying to find something to watch or you know we just are oftentimes we're just in this absent-mindedness and filling time and in that moment we could mess up hard we could do something unconsciously and then look back and then and then other everybody would you know say say that got caught on video of you doing that 
<laughs> and now everybody's looking at that and like, oh, that terrible, demonic, terrible person. You know, I thought Chris was this great yogi and look at him. He's out there just running people over on <laughs> <their> bikes. <laughs> that could happen, you know. Yeah. So I, and if you don't want to learn that lesson, I think it's just about saying, OK, all right. And so for me, I was like, OK, I heard that story. I'm learning that lesson right now. I'm learning that lesson. I don't need to do it to learn the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I yeah, I agree. I, I know, like, uh, when I think about, you know, uh, how great human beings can be as well, and what they've achieved, and all these phenomenal things, you know, you also want to be able to feel like you can do those things, you must, you have to, you should instill that in yourself. So that's why it's important to re recognize yourself in all situations, realize it is all a possibility, but that we strive towards, you know, doing what's right. Mm hmm. And if, as we do that, so like, as we do that more, because I, I want to, so I want to bring it back to like this place that we're at in time and history, where we're all almost like being filmed, everything that we're doing. is like, wow. uh, everything that we're doing is kind of coming out into the forefront. Um, there's no longer like a lot of places to hide. So we're going to have to become okay with good friends telling us to, here's some places that you can prove. You'd be like, thank God you told me about this. So now I don't have to uh, be, you know, out, you know, get in trouble for this because I've been, you know, the recording podcasts, like putting out videos or becoming vulnerable, which is good. We should, we should like do these kind of things. Um, inferiority complexes and all that kind of stuff but at, at the same time I think these kind of things are so crucial when we're doing that if we want to do good we want to bring good things to the world we need to be able to face our demons and our darkness inside and look at and imagine just like Hanuman like imagine this great version of yourself imagine you doing good things you imagine you helping other people and step into that reality more and more every day is what it, it seems to be. So I get so many warnings, like from reading the autobiography of a yogi and reading Ramayana. It's just like, oh, wow, so glad I'm hearing this now because I could have easily messed up, you know? So that's a, a kind of a cool lesson. One of the things you just said, I think is really important. Sometimes when you hear people talk about this, if you just hear it in conversation, you might remember it long enough to tell the first person that you see. And if you watched it twice or you played it back just to listen because it resonated, you know, maybe you'll remember a quote. But if you want to actually implement this into your life, um, you know, Chris, Chris, you, you just you just picked up two incredibly powerful, deep, deep books. And I think we sometimes forget that we have a well of all of this knowledge and information. And when we just absorb it from one source, I think that it's very hard because it competes with when you use that same source for entertainment or for other forms of information. Or for, mm. I think that when you jump off of this, if you're inspired by this, if you see the grains of truth in some of those things that we're sharing here, it's important to go and read and immerse yourself in this ancient knowledge and wisdom. And so after this, go sit down for five minutes and read and look into it. Look, look up some of these ancient epics or some of these incredible gurus before you go to bed. 
you know, read some of the literature and 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 absorb it and maybe even take out a pen and paper or, or your iPad and, and and write out what it means to you and how it applies to your life. I think if you are if you are proactive about really learning about this, then you have a better chance to implement it into your life. Mm, well said, a hundred percent. Yeah, like you can hear this and be like really fired up while you're listening to it, and that's oh, gonna, and then yeah, it just fades like a dream, like yeah. and that seed is planted. So maybe, but so let's. This is, I think, leads me perfectly into what I was gonna read from Yogananda. This is it's um it's there's a, a few passages here, but I think that this is worth hearing all of this um so it's just a few minutes and i think we can close with this this is this touches on what you were just saying and yeah like you can make a study any of those two books and there's plenty of others but those are so those are ones that we're talking about here if you're liking the kind of things you can stay in line with what we're you know dive deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole with us you could make a I don't know, billion lifetimes of study on either of those books and never get to the bottom. So I think this has been a, a really fun conversation. This is a lot of stuff that I, for me personally, I'm saying all this stuff as affirmations. Remember, like Jay and I, we don't have it all figured out. These are affirmations that we're saying to ourselves to help us do the things that we're talking about. And I like having this weekly check-in where I can, these are all the things that I'm working on, I'm thinking about, I'm wanting to implement, I'm wanting to get better at. And so saying it out loud is also like a spell that makes it so like, okay, now I got to do it. And so, yeah. So if anybody's listening to this, thank you for listening. But Jay and I are just doing this to help ourselves. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, um, but these are words from Yogananda. This is another one of those great collections of books from Crystal Clarity Publishers on, what does it say? How to be happy all the time. I think that's a pretty good book. <laughs> How to be happy all the time. So so I just tune into this. This is, I think, um, really powerful. Yogananda says, Why are you still sleeping? Offer no excuses to yourself that you are too busy to think of God. When death comes, you will have to leave all your engagements at once without notice or delay. Then why not give up some of your useless pursuits and idle thoughts to make time for God? The world takes from you all it can and keeps you engaged in worthless habits and unproductive activities. You may wish to be different, but day after day you're a prisoner, bound hand and foot by the cord of your habits. You are responsible for yourself, and the world will not answer for your deeds. Then why not remember each day my most important engagement is with God? To eat, work, and die is not enough. The animal does the same. Use your precious gift of reason and try to find him. You do not need to go to the forest where other different temptations will assail and conquer you. Your work is in the world where your karma has placed you to work out your salvation by serving your fellow man. Um. (laughs) Om.
So that's where we're at. We're here in the here in the physical world, and we're meant to be doing all of these great things. Man, I just that makes me think of so many other things. But I guess we'll we'll end it now. We'll pick it up again in the next one. I hope everybody enjoyed this. And just remember this this year that we're moving into. This is such a pivotal, powerful, wonderful time to be alive. We've gone through this this really difficult shakeup time. So let's use this this new year that we're in. This is now when you should start really feeling that new year energy coming in here in March. And looking for these synchronicities, the um, a lot of the things are you're gonna feel like there's when you put in the effort, you're gonna have that energy doubled to help you accomplish what you're meaning to do. And and I think the last thing I'll say is rather than using ambition for um, gaining wealth and gaining things in the old ways that was the old way of doing things is to um, selfishly desire things and to develop this like Ravana, this demonic ambition to go for things at all costs. That's the old way. So if you do that, Yama is waiting with his noose for you. But if you do it in this new way where you're, you're, you're seeking and, and your, your ambition comes from love, this courage that you have comes from love, comes from wanting to do something good, coming from wanting to, um, you know, make a better life for you, for for the people around you, and all of that kind of thing. If you're doing it with love, and you're doing something that is in line with harmony of, uh, of your care, you know, of, of good character, then that's a, that's the new energy, that's the new way of doing things here, this uh, new era that we're in. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jay. So nice uh, to be here with you. And we'll catch everybody again next time. Many blessings. Blessings, friends.